Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Wednesday. It's home day. Wednesday, October the 26th, 2022. Rounding the corner to the last weekend of October coming up. Man, can you believe that? Um, one of the last, or it is the last weekend of October. And so I know there are a lot of uh, family things planned this weekend with fall festivals and pumpkin patches and all that going on this weekend. So, yeah, I know Safety Harbor has, all the little towns have something going on this weekend, it seems like, around here, probably where you are too. Um, yeah. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Pastor Tim and Jane and Paula. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, everybody. So glad to have you guys on today as we... Uh, Continue our uh, kind of trek through the uh, Psalms. Today we're on Psalm 34. Psalm 34. Um, and then uh, we'll read, uh, if we get to it, not yesterday we wouldn't have time. Generally we have time, but yesterday we didn't. But assuming we have time, today we will read through a reading from C.S. Lewis on how God answers prayer from the screw tape letters. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. Let's see what the Lord has to say to us today. Verse 34, Psalms. I will extol the Lord at all times. That's a word we don't use very much either, extol. Just like praise. Um, give glory to. Lift up. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will Always be on my lips. That's a that's a re, that's a repeated phrase throughout the Bible, right? Especially in the Psalter, uh, not salt shaker, the Psalter <laughs> reference to the Psalms, the Psalter. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, that that idea of uh, I will. Uh, some places, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be on my lips. Here it is. Uh, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. Just that uh, continual grateful heart, right? Uh, to live uh, perpetually uh, with, a, with a heart of praise and uh, gratitude towards God. Verse 3, glory, wait, wait, no, verse 2, I will glory in the Lord, let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Hmm. I will glory in the Lord. I won't glory in my circumstance. I won't glory in the gifts God gives me. I won't glory in myself um, or my ability or whatever else. What does it say? I'm going to glory in the Lord. I'm going to boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. 
let the afflicted hear what? Because it doesn't matter what condition you in, you're in, you can rejoice in the Lord. Because the the source of our boasting, the source of our uh, contentment and ultimate joy is not in uh, ourselves or our, our circumstances, whether good or bad. Our ultimate joy and contentment is in the Lord. And so we can always boast. We can, we can always uh, extol the Lord. We can always rejoice because that is the source of our hope. And God is, an, is constant. He's an ever-present help. He, uh, he does not sleep or slumber. Now, we, now we, we sleep and slumber. Sometimes we slumber and don't sleep. That happens, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of y'all last night, you're like, I didn't sleep, I wink. I slumbered, I rolled around, tossed and turned, but I didn't sleep. The Lord doesn't sleep either, but he wide awake. <laughs> he ain't trying to sleep. Uh, that's a difference. See, the Lord ain't trying to sleep. He don't need to, but we do need to when we stay awake. That ain't, that ain't as fun. Verse 3, glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. That's a, that's a call to worship, isn't it? It's like a worship leader calling the people of God. Come on, let's glorify the Lord. Let's exalt his name together. Let's do this. Let's lift up his name. Let's lift up his holy name. That's what we do in morning prayer. We come together to pray. Uh, but together we're glorifying the Lord. We're exalting his name together. It's community. We do this together. Verse 4, I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me from all, that's a big word. I know it's only three letters, but it's a big word. He delivered me from all my fears. Wow. How about that? I sought the Lord. He what? He took away my fear. I wasn't afraid anymore. And maybe that's uh, what you need from the Lord today. You need him to be the, the one who delivers you today from fear. You're like, God, I need you to deliver me from some fear. I got some fears creeping in, and I need you to deliver me from them. Here's the psalm writer saying, I sought the Lord for that very thing. And he answered me, and he delivered me from all my fears. Verse 5, those who look to him are radiant. How about you? Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. Wow. You look to the Lord for your hope and your salvation and your forgiveness and redemption. Um, your face is radiant. It reminds me of the biblical, you know, the, the stories of like Moses when he would go into the presence of God and he would come back and people were like, you different. You, you're, there's a radiance about you. You've been in the presence of God. We can tell there's something different. Even in the book of Acts, these are uh, uneducated, unlearned men, ordinary, unlearned men, but they could tell that they had the unbelievers, those who had not yet met Jesus, they could tell that those people had been with Jesus. You've been with Jesus, haven't you? You're radiant. You're different. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. And you ain't got to be ashamed when you're in Jesus. 
You aren't ashamed. You're confident. You're uh, courageous. You're um, content. You're filled with joy and hope and um, patience and kindness, self-control, love. There's no shame in any of those things, is there? Mm -mm. No, sir. Verse 6, this poor man called, and the Lord heard him. Who the poor man right here? This poor man. This is a little testimony. This poor, this poor man called, and the Lord heard him. How many of you can say, how many of you can say that today? This poor, this poor woman right here, this poor man right here, right here, this, this dude right here, this, this poor man right here, cried out to the Lord, and he heard him. Yeah, that's beautiful. He saved him out of all his troubles. I like that. It's a beautiful this poor man, how, 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 what, a, what a humble spot, a humble testimony, right? I'm not trying to say, not, you know, this, uh, this man who had it all together. No, 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 this poor man who had nothing. It reminds me of the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, right? Blessed are the poor in spirit. This poor man called, and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all of his troubles. Because we can get ourselves in some troubles. Yeah. We can get ourselves. Sometimes trouble finds us. Sometimes we just go sniffing around for it. <laughs> we, go, we go get ourselves all up in it. And uh, he saves us from the troubles even that we create ourselves. Thanks be to God. Verse 7, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, fear him, and he delivers them. Man, praise God. That's the goodness of God right there. Not only does he hear us and save us out of our troubles, but then he comes to our defense. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fears, fear him. He, he, puts, uh, he puts guards around our hearts, man, guards around our lives. He encamps around those who fear him. He delivers them. He, could deliver, he, doesn't, just, he doesn't just deliver us once. He daily delivers us. There are things he delivers us from we aren't even aware of. We won't even know until we get to heaven all the things God has delivered you from. The, the pits and snares and uh, potential attacks of the enemy that God delivered you from, delivered me from, that I had no idea. I was oblivious to it. Hmm. Yeah. I love this, verse 8. Taste and see, come on, y'all. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Mm. This man, he preaching right here, isn't he? He preaching. He's saying, look, this is what this poor man, God called him. He, he, this poor man called, the Lord heard him, saved him, delivered him out of all of his trouble. He puts, he puts, angels to encamp around me to protect me and deliver me even when i don't even see it but look here's what i'm saying i want you to come come on come on taste and see what i'm saying is true taste and see what i'm telling you about the lord is right taste and see for yourself taste and see that the lord is good mm. and blessed is the one who takes refuge in him man i like that that's our that's that's what witnessing is, man. That's what we're doing. That's what we do. We uh we have found deliverance and faith and acceptance in Jesus. 
And uh, we extol his name together, the, the uh, community of the redeemed. We together declare his holy name. Uh, and we are each individually just persons who can give testimony that we were poor and God delivered us. He heard us. He saved us out of our troubles. And so we're just inviting other people who are also poor, who are in that place of poverty of spirit. We're saying, hey, look, 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 look. I don't have all the answers. I, don't, I can't tell you. I can't solve all your problems. But here's what I can say. Just taste and see. Just taste and see how good the Lord is. Just give it a shot. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blesses the one who takes refuge in him. Yeah. Fear the Lord, you holy people, you his holy people. For those who fear him lack nothing. Man, he, you ain't going to lack nothing. You ain't going to lack nothing. The world will tell you you might lack. You ain't going to lack nothing. We fear the Lord, and we're in relation. We're in the, at the end of it, there's, he, he won't withhold any good thing from us. Verse 10. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord will lack no good thing. Wow. Even the lions, man, they're going to grow tired and weary, but not those who seek the Lord. We're going to lack no good thing. So when the enemy tries to tell you that God's holding out on you, when the enemy tries to tell you that you know God's keeping good from you, he's just trying to, he's just trying to uh, control you, he's just trying to hold you back, nah, that's the, oldest, that's the oldest temptation of the enemy. That was what, that's the same temptation the enemy gave uh, Eve and Adam in the Garden of Eden. God's holding back on you. Nah, God ain't holding back on you. God's, God loves you. He is providing for you. He is sufficient for you, and he will not hold he will not withhold any good thing from you. So when the enemy comes at you with that, God's holding out on you. He's keeping the good stuff from you. You say, uh-uh, uh-uh, get behind me, Satan. My guy will keep nothing good from me. He ain't going to withhold. Even lions may get tired, but my God, he ain't going to keep any good thing from me. Mm -hmm. Verse 11. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. See, now he's passing it on to his children. He's passing it on to his little children. <laughs> Everybody need to pay, be passing on the love of Jesus to the children, to the, and to their grandchildren. To their children, children. <laughs> you passing that on to your children, children? Not just to your children. On to your children, children. Come on, my children, listen to me. I'll teach you to fear the Lord. How? By my life. I'm going to teach you content. I'm going to teach you the word of God. I'm going to teach you what God says. But you know how else I'm going to teach you? By just living it, man. Just living it. Living how? With, uh, with a continual praise of the Lord on my lips. With a, uh, a consistent confidence in Jesus with a, uh, a pervasive gratitude that overarches my whole life, just a gratitude and thankfulness and, and re realization and recognition that I was a poor man that was saved by a gracious God. Like, you, people are going to see that. That's how, that's how I'm going to teach that my cheering and my children cheering because they're just going to see gratitude. They're going to see that my hope is not in myself, but that my hope is in God. Yeah, that's how we do that. 
Whoever you, whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good things, all of us, come on. How many of you love life and you wanted to see many good things? 100%, all of us. Then keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. Tell the truth. Don't, don't behold evil things. Keep your tongue from evil. Keep your lips from telling lies. So don't say bad things. Don't tell lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Man, I love that, verse 14. How do, you, how do you have a good life? You just turn from evil and do good and seek peace and pursue it. Seek peace, pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cry. Man, whatever's on your heart today, righteous one, he hears it. He's attentive to it. Verse 16, but don't make no mistake about it. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to plot out their name from the earth. He not on the side of evil, and he is not on the side of those who do evil. Verse 17, the righteous, the righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. Oh, I like this one. Verse 18, man. Here you go. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Man, the psalm writer can say that. Why? Because he, he knows he was one of them. He was, in the, he was a poor man, he said back in verse 6. I was a poor man. This poor man he saved out of the pit. So he can say now with confidence, I'm going to tell you, the Lord will save the person who's in trouble, the one who's brokenhearted. You're brokenhearted today. I want you to know something. God's close to you. Just look for him. Just look for him. He's close. Sometimes he's, 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 a very, he's a very present help through the Holy Spirit. Sometimes he's near us through a brother or sister. He's near us through words of kindness, through a gentle whisper, through his word. He ministers to us in so many different ways, letting us know, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm near the brokenhearted. Jesus, see, a lot of people don't know what to do. When somebody's brokenhearted, they don't know what to do. They run, man. They don't know what to do with that. They don't know how to respond. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to act. Hey, and give some grace with that, man. That's, that's normal. We don't always know what to do. Just, just be there, right? It's the best thing. But sometimes it's, sometimes it's hard to know what to do. But God knows what to do. God, God knows what to do. He's near. He's close to the brokenhearted. And he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Man, I love that. This world can crush you, man. This world can beat you up. Things in life are hard. You can go through some difficulties in life that are just, just take your breath away, that crush your spirit. But isn't it good to know? Isn't it good to know that right there embedded in God's holy word is a promise? And that promises that even when this world crushes your spirit, he's there. God is there. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. Verse 19, the righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him in them all. He protects all his bones. Not one of them will be broken. Evil will slay the wicked 
the foes of the righteous will be condemned. So there's, there's judgment. The Lord will rescue his servants. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. Man, praise God. Man, that's good news. That's a beautiful psalm right there, man. That is a beautiful psalm. So many promises um, of the goodness of God, of his deliverance, of his protection, of his guidance, of his closeness, um, of his, um, his uh, salvation, of his kindness, his goodness. Man, so good. So taste and see, man. That's what we're doing. So today we're just going to taste and see and testify that the Lord is good. All right, let's see, uh, let's see what C.S. Lewis has to say today. This is an October 26th reading of, uh, this, uh, from this devotional from C.S. Lewis, and the topic for today is, How Can God Answer Prayer? All right. How Can God Answer Prayer? And this is from Screwtape Letters. Remember, this is, um, this is a kind of a, 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 an, it's an analogy, right? It's a metaphor, so um, Screwtape is... Uh, talking to his uh to his other uh lieutenants on how to uh, trip up Christians and the enemy remember in screw tape letters is God this is the he's, we're kind of going behind enemy walls here and hearing the, hearing the adversary talk about God's people and God and so God's people and God are the enemy in this uh in this writing so how can God answer prayer? Screwtape offers a short lesson on time and eternity. But you must remember that he takes time for an ultimate reality. Who's he? A Christian. Remember that he, a Christian, takes time for an ultimate reality. He supposes that the enemy, God, like himself, sees some things as present and remembers other things as past and anticipates others as future. So um, so a big mistake uh, he's saying is that Christians often think that uh, time is, is a permanent reality. It's not. Time is not a permanent reality. It's one of the ways the enemy trips us up, right? He gets us to think that this life is all there is, uh, and that time is an ultimate reality, that there's past, present, and future. But uh, what he's saying is, no, God's, actually God sees things differently than that. Uh, he supposes that the enemy, like himself, sees things from the present, remembers others in the past, and anticipates others for the future. Or even if he believes that the enemy does not see things that way, yet in his heart of hearts, he regards this as a peculiarity of the enemy's mode of perception. So, he is, so assuming that God sees time like we do, past, present, future. He doesn't really think, though he would say he did, that things as the enemy sees them are things as they are. Hmm. So the way things, the way God actually sees is the way that they are. If you try to explain to him that men's prayers today are one of the innumerable coordinates with which the enemy harmonizes the weather of tomorrow, he would reply that then the enemy always knew men were going to make those prayers, and if so, they did not pray freely but were predestined to do so. So he's saying, like, if you, if you, so he's going to think that if you pray today for a certain kind of weather tomorrow, uh, that it was predestined, predetermined that we would pray such prayers so things would happen. 
Um, and he would add to had, and he would add that the weather on a given day can be traced back uh, through its causes to the original creator, uh, to to the original creation of matter itself. So that the whole thing, both on the human and the material side, is given from the word go. So it's already predestined, planned. So what's the, so what's the purpose of prayer? It's basically predestined. That's what the uh, that's how they that's how Christians often think. What we ought to say, of course, is obvious to us that the problem of adapting the particular weather to the particular prayer is merely the appearance at two points in its temporal mode of perception. So we see a prayer happen here, the effect happen here later, but God sees all of it happen simultaneously. That's crazy, right? We think, okay, I'm going to pray right now for something this afternoon, but you know what God sees? He sees, he sees the prayer right now and what's going to happen afternoon in the afternoon simultaneously. He sees it all. It's all known to him. That's crazy. So you're praying for healing. God doesn't just see the prayer right now and then down the road you'll see. No, he sees it all. He sees it as it is. There's no past, present, future with God. It just is. <laughs> wow. <sighs> Um, da, 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 da. why, let's see, where are we? What we ought to say, of course, is obvious to us, that the problem of adapting the particular weather to the particular prayer is merely the appearance at two points in this temporal mode of perception of the, of the total problem of adapting the whole spiritual universe to the whole corporal universe. That creation in its entirety operates at every point of space and time, or rather that their kind of consciousness forces them to encounter the whole self-consistent creative act as a series of successive events. That's how we have to see things. We have to see things as, as successive events. This happens and this happens because we're, on, we're, in the, we're in time and space. But God is beyond that, so he can see them all. Why that creative act leaves room for their free will is the problem of problems, the secret behind the enemy's nonsense about love. How it does, does so is not a problem at all, for the enemy does not foresee the humans making their free contributions uh, in the future, but sees them doing it so in his unbounded now. So, wow. God, God sees us praying, all, not sees us and then the event later, but sees it happening together. He doesn't foresee, or even in the past. If he doesn't like God, it's not like God in the past looking forward, seeing our prayers. No, God's in the past. It, he sees it all. He sees them doing so in his unbounded. There's no bound. There's no bound. He's not bounded by time. So everything is now with God. It's ever present. And obviously, to watch a man doing something is not to make him do it. Wow. So he's kind of talking against the idea of, of predestination there. That God is not making us do it. He just sees us doing it all the time. Like he's not, he doesn't make us pray so that we can have a result that you know that is predetermined. No, no, no. We have a free will to pray, and God sees it, just like he sees the result, all simultaneously. Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. You know, because everything we think of is in terms of time, you know, past, present, future, but God just sees everything as now. He sees your yesterday as now. He sees your right now as now. He sees your uh, tomorrow as now. He sees it all. He sees your uh, your brokenheartedness now. He's, so maybe there'll be a loss or brokenness in the future. He sees that right now. 
That's why God in his amazing power and omnipotence, omnipotence can work all things together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purposes because he sees everything when? Right now. He's working in the right now to bring about good. And it's bringing about good in, in your future, but it's not his future because it's, it's right now. <laughs> uh, see, God, in, our, in our world, God's working together all things for the good in the future for us. But it's not in the future for us or in God. It's right now. It's all present. And that's how we with eternity we'll, in, in, with, in the presence of God. There will be no past, present, future. It's gonna be, we're just going to be in the presence of God forever. Forever. In light of eternity, past doesn't even make sense. It just is. <laughs> oh, it's hard. It's like mind blowing, right? It's crazy. All right, you guys, it's time to pray. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for being on today. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your goodness and grace. Thank you for saving us and delivering us. Thank you for entering into our world, into time and space, becoming a human being as we are, to show us the way. Uh, in Jesus, the perfect. Uh, representation of who you are, God in flesh. And you taught us and showed us what you were really like. And uh, you saved us um, by your sacrifice for us. We thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, that when we were poor, had nothing, you saved us. And you've done it time and time again. And maybe some of my friends today, they're, they're in a situation, they're, they're tired, they're perplexed, they're maybe brokenhearted, maybe some are even crushed in spirit. God, may the uh, promises from your word today give them hope and encouragement. And may they see your hand of grace and mercy around them, that they know that you're with them, that you're with them right now, that you're with them right now. You were with them yesterday. You'll be with them tomorrow. You'll never leave them nor forsake them. God, may you bless and encourage each person today according to your unfailing love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you today. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for spending some time in prayer and God's word. I hope it was encouraging to you. Hope it was uh, refreshing and a great reminder of God's great love for you. Uh, and may we uh, likewise go out and, you know, extol the Lord, exalt him, praise his name together, and let people. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.